It's good to be back with you. We were uh, off in Tennessee on vacation last week, and so uh, good to be back here. Uh, we missed you. Glad that uh, appreciate all those folks who filled in in different ways while we were gone. Um, this morning we're be in Psalm 46, and so if you have your Bibles and like to turn there, uh, that'd be great. We'll have this um, on the screen as well for scripture reading here in a moment. Um, but this is a psalm that uh, some have called uh, Luther's psalm, and uh, the the reason for that being that uh, Martin Luther, who wrote A Mighty Fortress, uh, this was the ins- inspiration of that song. So. Um, one of, the, one of the things that he would do when times were difficult and trying, he would look to this psalm for encouragement. And so I hope it'll be an encouragement uh, today. Um, one of the main focuses has to do with the idea of fear, right? And we face something that we're afraid of or what's going to happen. And, you know, we use that term fear and um, we, we think about, you know, children looking under their bed for monsters or something like that, right? But, but if, if we're honest as adults... Um, uh, there are things that we're afraid of, right? Where, where, where is the money going to come from to pay that next bill? Or, you know, what's going to happen if my car breaks down on the side of the road? There are real fears that we have and things that we face and, and experience. And for, for different people, those fears may look different, and um, that's okay. Um, but everybody has something that they fear, right? Everybody has something that they're afraid of. And uh, I, I think if you're parents, there are many things that you're afraid of. You think about all the what ifs, what ifs, uh, what's going to look like, and uh, those fears are real. So hopefully this song will be an encouragement today. Like I said, this is something that Martin Luther uh, looked to. The title of the message is Our Awesome God, and uh, that's what gives us hope in the midst of times when we're afraid. So Psalm 46, beginning of verse 1, says, To the chief musician for the sons of Korah, a song upon Alamoth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. So this 46th Psalm is, is one that, that calls to, to memory who our God is in the midst of the turmoil of life. And we're going to take a moment just to look through uh, just how this Psalm is, is structured. Um, one of the things you may have noticed was the word Selah, which we mentioned uh, various times throughout. That word is um, really thought to be kind of a rest in music, but it's come to be a little more than that. Uh, for the reader, it's, it's a, a recognition, just a pause, stop, think, right? Take a moment and think about that. And so um, that, that's kind of a, a, a help to really breaking down the aspects of what this psalm uh, is all about. So the very beginning in these first three verses, we see what 
what this psalm has to do with. And at the very start, we see that the focus is on God, right? God is our refuge and strength. And, and three, the three things said of him, right? Refuge, strength, and it goes on, a very present help in trouble. So this is a psalm about God. There's three things in particular about him that the psalmist wants to, us to know, uh, that he is refuge, that he is strength, that he is help. And all of those are good things, right? I want a God like that. I want a God who is my refuge. I want a God who is strong. He is my strength. I want a God who helps me. And um, all of this is in the context of difficulty, times of trouble, right? We will not fear the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. What, what, whatever's going on, right, and, and it goes on at the end here, the waters thereof roar and be troubled, the mountains shake, swelling thereof, Selah. Midst of the time of trouble, hey, we, we have hope. We, we have a God who is our refuge, who is our strength, who is our help. And so that's really what this psalm is about. That's the main idea. And so we, as we, we get into it, we, we need to, to cling to that fact. When trouble comes, I have a God who is my refuge, my strength, and my help. And that's a wonderful thing. Now, it's one thing just to say it, but how do we support it? Where do we really see this in action? And that's really what the, the rest of the psalm uh, gets into here. Um, beginning of verse, verse 4 um, once again, the emphasis is on God, right? There's a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place in the tabernacles of the most high God. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. Right? The, the emphasis, once again, is, is on God. And, and the fact is, God is with us, right? That's, that's a great thing. Um, and, and so as, as we go through this, aspect, this, this concept, the, the psalm goes on there, the heathens raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. So trouble comes, and we have examples of trouble here, terrible things, catastrophes happening on the earth, and, and guess what, in the midst of all that, God is with us. In the midst of all that that's going wrong, he is still our refuge. And so whatever comes, whatever happens, we can lean back on that truth. So here's another summary of it, beginning in verse 8. Right? Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, he cutteth the spear in sunder, he burneth the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. You know, once again, that ends right there with the same summary, right? The, verse 11 actually repeats verse 7 from up before, uh, right? The Lord of hosts is with us, with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And once again, we see God is at work in the world. It, you know, we, we look and we see the catastrophe, right? We see the bad things. We see the trouble, and, and that's what the news shows us, right? You turn on the news, and it's one bad thing after another. You know, this person is kidnapped. There was a shooting over here. These people died. I, that, that's the stuff that we see. We see the trouble. What's this say? Yeah, but, but God is still there. God is still at work, even in the midst of trouble. He, he is still there, and, 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 and he's a help. 
and he's strength and he's refuge. And, and in the midst of all of that, we can, we can look to him. God is active in the world today. You know that in, ending verse there, that last verse there in verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. L- Lord of hosts there. What, what is that referring to? Hosts is a word that's often used to refer to armies, uh, groups, and uh, sometimes it's used in reference um, to, to armies in heaven, speaking of the angels. So First uh, Samuel seventeen fourteen, uh, we see it used here in regard to armies on the earth, right? Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest with me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. All right, so here's the Lord of hosts. Who is he? He's in charge of an army. He's in charge of the armies of Israel. And so the army here, the hosts here, has to do with armies on the earth. Now, another example, 1 Kings 22, 19. He said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. This is talking about the angels, the army of angels in heaven that, that are the Lord. So when we get to this example here, and let's go back to it uh, at the end of, of, of verse 11 here. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. What does that tell us? Well, this God who is, who, who is our our, our help, who is our strength, who is our refuge, this God, he commands armies, and, and he commands armies that are in heaven, right, the Lord of hosts, and, and he is also the God of Jacob. So, so he's the God of the universe, he's over all these armies, he's all over everything, and at the same time, he's personal to you. He, he, he is, if you know him, he is your God. Right? If you are one of your, his children, he is your God. And so you could, you could fill in your name there. Right? This is the God of, fill in your name, right? John or, or Debbie or Nolan, you, you can fill in your name there. Because he, he is over all and he's over all these armies and, and that's great, but he, he's also my God too. Right? He, he, he's a personal God. And just as he helped Jacob... Just as he was a refuge for Jacob, he'll be a refuge for you. He'll be a help for you. He'll be strength for you. And, and, and that's what he's like. So let's, let's consider for a moment some of these scenes from the, the psalm that we're looking at, some of the things that come up. What, one of the aspects that we, we see is, is that God is, is described here, in the midst of this being a refuge, as, as like a castle on a hill. Uh, I've never been over to, to like England, you know, that, that area where they have all the castles. I've seen castles in Poland, right? So I have seen a castle on a hill before over there. And, uh, you, you know, you go back to these things that are like 15th century and all of that. You know, old stuff that, that here in the States we don't have any kind of notion of because we don't have any buildings that old. And, and so you... you uh, the closest we come to are mounds of dirt. Right? I mean, that, you know, it's these mounds. They say, "Oh, that's really that's from the whatever century." Uh, that, that's the, but they they have these huge castles, right? Structures that were built, and and they were built at, at times to repel enemy armies. They they were created as a refuge. You could go inside. You could shut the doors. You could shoot arrows from the windows. You could repel the attack. They they were intended to be a refuge. 
And when trouble came, it was something that, that the people from the village or surrounding areas could flee to and go up and, and hide inside. And, and so we, we see this scene in the psalm as, as God being like a castle on a hill. He is a refuge, one who protects. We, we also see all of these, these terrible things, these, these, we might call them cataclysmic events, right? Things like earthquakes and, and hurricanes, uh, things like tornadoes, ra raging rivers and, and floods, things like that. All of those coming about, the, the things that are used to describe and the idea of, of trouble here. We also see the city of Jerusalem, right? Jerusalem, that golden city. A place that in Scripture is revered, a place that is lifted up, a, a place that God himself protects. You know, through all of it, we see God, in, in a sense, serving as a, a bodyguard, looking after his people, protecting them in the midst of what's going on in life. Maybe like... Uh, Perhaps our, our modern example that we think of the most is something like the Secret Service protecting the president. Right? Somebody encircling the president and making sure that they're okay, making sure that nothing happens to them. And so all, all of those scenes are provided, but there's certain things that this psalm wants us to remember. And so we can call these the stresses of the psalm. The first is the sovereignty of God. We serve a God who is sovereign, who's in control. Now, this is so important to remember when we see the trouble of the world around us and see the challenges of things going on before us. You know, when, when, when you look out and you look at the world and you say, boy, it just all seems out of control. And uh, I, I don't know if you ever feel that way. Right? I, I've talked to many people who feel that way. And um, I was speaking to someone even this week, and uh, he was talking about what life was like when he grew up. And he said, and I see the things on the news today, and I see the things going on, and I see the school shootings and the different things taking place. He said, I, I just can't imagine, you know, what it would be like being a child and growing up in the world today. And he was concerned about the trouble, and, and you know, rightly so. Should we, we all ought to be concerned about the trouble we see in the world, right? But in the midst of it, we can't just look to the trouble without seeing that God is still on the throne that he is sovereign, that he's in control, and, and that he is powerful. Part, part of that power is on display by the, the power of his word. Psalm 46, right? The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, but he uttered his voice and the earth melted. God, who is still on the throne, can still speak and melt the earth, right? That's powerful. I don't have that power. You don't have that power. So, so when, when things seem out of control, they may be out of my control, but they're never out of his control. And if I know him, and if I'm his child, then, then guess what? He's, he's, he knows me and is still my help and strength and refuge in the midst of all that's going on. That, that's who my God is.
And so we see the power of his word. We also see his power on, on display uh, just in general. Verse 8 says, Come and behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh the wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, he cutteth the spear in sunder, he burneth the chariot in fire. Guess what? He is in control of even things like war. He can make them stop. He has that power. He, he can break the bow in half. He can cut the spear in half. He has that power. So we look on the world scene, and we see wars and things going on today. We see Russia invading Ukraine and all of those things going on. And should we be concerned? I, I think so. Right. Nothing wrong with being concerned about that. Nothing wrong with our national leaders looking over there and saying, boy, we need to be wise about what next moves we should take. That's wisdom, right? That should be taking place. Guess what? Regardless of what happens next, God can stop it whenever he wants. He has that power. All right? That doesn't mean we do nothing. That just means that it's not out of his control. We can trust him in the midst of it. We can trust him in the midst of everything that's going on. So we see his power in his word. We see his power on display. He can stop whatever's happening whenever he wants. He has that ability. We also see that he is to be exalted Psalm 46, verse 10, right, the word there, very clear, I will be exalted among the heathen, I will be exalted in the earth. You know, the emphasis, once again, is on God. And God is being exalted here on the earth. Guess what? He's with us. He knows what's happening. He knows what's going on. And it's a great reminder to us. So what do we do? We do what it says. We be still. And we know that, that he is God. We know that what he said will take place actually will come about. And we trust him in the midst of turmoil. You know, God said that he would give them perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. You have peace in your life, knowing that God is in control. You want to get rid of peace? Take your eyes off of the Lord. Right? You just start looking at the troubles and leave him out of it. You, you, you will have turmoil. That peace will be gone. You can get rid of it. That, if you don't want to have peace, all you got to do is just take your eyes off God. Look at all the trouble. You won't have peace. Right? Because you can't fix it. I can't fix it. You want to have peace, keep your eyes on God. Because He can fix it. <laughs> he knows what's going on. He's still in control. He can do something about it. He has that power. He has that might. He's still on the throne. Next thing we see is the provision of God. You know, he gives us certain things in the midst of these troubles as well. Obviously, verse 1 is, is pretty clear about this. He's our refuge and strength, very present help in trouble. What, what is it? Strength here, right? The, the, the idea here of, of whatever we are going through, whatever we're fighting, whatever we're enduring, that, that God is is there to, to help us in the midst of it. Uh, we, we continue with verse 2 there. It goes on, Therefore we will not fear, the earth be removed, the mountains be carried to the sea, the waters thereof roar and be troubled, the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High God. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved, God shall help her. And that right early. What, what, what does God do? He strengthens us and helps us in the midst of the trial. 
Right? And when all of these terrible things are going on, when difficulties happen, when troubles come, God is giving us strength to make it through. He's helping us in the midst of it. You know, verse 1, as it, it described there, when it talks about that word help, right? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That, that idea of very present, it, it, the, the concept is it is exceedingly proven. It has been tested and it's always been true. You can count on it. Right? When, when trouble comes, you don't have to wonder whether or not God will be there. He will be there because he is a very present, a tested and proven help in times of trouble. So he's our refuge, he's our strength, and, and that concept of, of, of being very present, he is, his presence is there. You know, if we were just to put this in the concept of what is closer, our trouble or our God, right? The trouble may be all around us, and yet God will be with us. His presence will be with us in the midst of what's going on. He will always be closer to us than our troubles. That's, that's how God works. That's his promise to us. And so we know that we have his presence if we know the Lord. And that, that's a great thing, isn't it? God is with me. That great reminder. Other things that we know from this passage are just the fact that God is willing to intervene. Let's look back, uh, beginning here in verse 5. We're going to jump ahead to, to, uh, to verses 5 and 6 here. Let's see where we got this here. Okay. Here we go. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. Let's go ahead. Verse 8 now. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh the wars to cease unto the end, the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow. He cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Well, what is he doing in all of these things? He, he is intervening, right, on our behalf. And... This is the opposite of, of folks who come up with the idea of, of, you know, God somehow was like the, the watchmaker. He set the earth in motion and then just leaves it, right? He's not involved. Everything's just kind of running on its own. That's not what Scripture says, right? God says, Scripture says that God intervenes in the world today. So, so what does that mean? Well, we need to be praying to him. We need to be talking to him. We, we need to talk to God as he is a personal God who, who is intimately involved, not only with the whole universe, but with us personally and cares about the affairs and things going on in our lives. He cares about the day-to-day. -day. And he doesn't just sit on the sidelines and say, all right, get through it. Right? He, he, he is not a cheerleader, right? Although he encourages us, he is not simply a cheerleader. He does more. He, get involved, he gets involved, right? Anybody, uh, a couple years ago, there was a football game with the Steelers, and uh, Mike Tomlin, the coach of the Steelers, a, a guy had got the return. He had gotten past all the other return men, 
and Mike Tomlin's on the sideline and the guy's running down and Mike Tomlin kind of sticks his foot out like he's going to trip the opponent, opposing player, right? You're not supposed to do that, right, when you're on the sidelines. You're not supposed to do that. But he was intervening in the game, right? Now he got fined, got in a lot of trouble, had issued apology and all that stuff, right? But he, he was getting involved in the game. God is intimately involved in what's going on in life. He is not simply on the sidelines. He is intervening in this world today. And, and that ought to encourage us. Lastly, we see here in regard to the timing, God's provision of the timing. Verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early, right? That right early. What's the idea here? Dawn, right? The beginning of the day. When God is involved, involved, he's going to be involved when it's needed, right when it's needed. He won't be late. You know, I think sometimes you know, we say, okay, yeah, you're right, Pastor. I believe in God. I believe that he's in control. I believe that he intervenes and he does all these things. But where is he? Why isn't he here? Why am I not seeing this right now in this instance, in this way? And this says, guess what? God will intervene at the right time, and he won't be late. Do you believe that? You know, I, I think sometimes we can actually begin building up in our hearts an aspect of distrust to the Lord as we start questioning his timing. Scripture says he won't be late. He will be right there when he needs to be. Do you believe that? All right, so here are the expectations of God now, right? One of the things that God expects is shown for us here in verse 2, therefore we will not fear. And it's right there for that. We shouldn't be afraid. In light of who he is, in spite of what we're going through, we shouldn't be afraid, right? Therefore we'll, uh, will not we fear. In other words, we will not fear, right? Therefore don't be afraid is what it's saying there. Right, so, so because of this, that's the reason, that's the therefore, because of this, there needs to be something that happens. And what's the because of this? All the rest of, of, of what we know about God. Right, what came before, he is a refuge, he is a strength, he is a help. All of those things, he is present, we have his presence. All of those things that we just talked about, because of all of that, not fear. That's God's expectation for us. Don't, don't let the troubles bring you down. Don't let them paralyze you. Don't let them stop you from moving forward with Him. Regardless of what happens. And what does He describe? Right? The earth being removed, the mountains being carried into the sea. That's pretty extreme, isn't it? Get rid of the earth, right? Cut the earth in two. Take those mountains and just rip them down, throw them in the ocean. Pretty extreme. And in spite of all of that, the expectation is, hey, believer, you know God. You know what he's like. Don't be afraid. We have to be in, in, in control of even our fear. 
and trust the Lord instead. Like that, we need to just look up and see His greatness. We need to observe it. Verse 8, Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations He hath made in the earth. See what God has done. Look at the things that have happened and see what God has done. Don't forget the things that God has done in the past. We have the whole Word of God recording for us all the various things that God has done in the past. We have human history and history books that put on display what God has done in the past. Don't forget what He's done. Don't forget what He's doing. Keep observing Him and Him working, even in the world today. And this might be the hardest one, verse 10 here. Be still. An aspect here, a call, perhaps we could say to almost silence, right? Be still. Slow down. Relax. Calm down. Don't argue. Don't fight. Don't fuss. Trust Him. Well, that's not so easy, is it? <laughs> I mean, we, we are in a, in a world today that is the opposite of being still. I, I mean, we, we can't hardly sit down in a chair anymore without grabbing this, right, for, for more than, you know, 30 seconds, you know, and, and something else is in our hand. Being still is not something that is usually on the agenda today. We say we want to rest, and that just means we want to fill our day with something else, right? <laughs> you know, well, I just need some time to relax. What's that mean? Well, I'm going to watch TV, right? Or, you know, I need some time to relax. Well, I'm going to go out and, you know, do this activity or whatever. Uh, kids need something to do. Well, we'll take them to the ball game. Right? <laughs> I mean, we fill something in. There's not a whole lot of be still. And yet, there's an expectation here that we stop... And we know who our God is, right? We know that He is God. And we don't argue. God, what are you doing? Why didn't you do that? Where were you here? He's in charge. He's on time. He intervenes. He does all of these things. God will take care of His part. He'll never be late. He'll never fail to do what He said. He'll never fail to keep His promise. And what happens, we still get anxious about who God is. Right? We still get anxious about what's going on. We need to wait for Him to speak and to act in His timing, which will be right on time, in His way, which will be perfect, knowing that the promises He's given to us, He will keep every single one. So in the midst of trouble, what do we do? We look to who our God is. Right, we look to him. So in conclusion then, Psalm 46 was written for the nation of Israel. But it wasn't just for Israel. It was tailored to individuals. It was about what people do in light of who their God is. And the message is one which applies to us today and all the troubles that we go through today. 
you know, God's promises to the people of Israel in that day, he, those promises are true for His children today. Right? Those promises are true for us. And the, the fact of, of the matter is that that ought to cause us to attack fear and say, I don't want this in my life because I've got a big God who can take care of things. And it, it ought to cause us to, to say, all right, all of those troubles that are there, yeah, they're real, and yeah, I need to consider them, but my God is bigger than that, and, and He's in charge, and He's on the throne. And it ought to make us to look to our God more and more. And it ought to cause us to close our mouth a little more, to be still, and to trust Him. Because what He said, He'll do. You know, I don't make a very good God. I'm not very powerful. Not particularly smart. And I get anxious and upset about things. And all the things I want to be in my control, as much as I try, they're not. But God is different than me. And I'm thankful for that. And so I don't get to fill his role because I can't fill his role. But he does his job perfectly. So what do we need to do? We need to be still and let God be God. And we need to take care of what he has given to us to do. Things like thinking about who he is. Things like saying, I'm not going to be afraid. Those types of things. And so we do our part and God does his part. And we'll still fail at our part, but he'll never fail at his part. And so when trouble comes, and it's here already, God will be there. And his presence is promised. And he will be our help. And he will be our strength. And he will be our refuge. And he was before in the past. He is right now. And he will be in the future. Oh, what a wonderful God we serve. You know, our God truly is an awesome God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the example that you've set before us, and we thank you for your promises. Father, far too often we look upon this life and this world and the challenges that we face, and we get anxious and we get afraid. Lord, we know that we can trust you. We know that you are there, that you are a help, that you are a refuge, that you are a strength and that we can rely upon you. Father, I pray that today this message and your word would be one which calms our hearts, causes us to be still, and trust you more. Father, that we would be encouraged as we go out and all those troubles that were there when we came in will still be there. Father, I pray that today when we leave, our eyes won't be on the troubles, that they'd be on you. That we'd know who our God is that we would rest in you today. Head bowed and eyes closed. I want to just give you a chance. If, if there's somebody who's saying, um, Pastor, would you pray for me? Uh, my eyes have been on the trouble. I've been discouraged. Uh, but pray for me, Pastor. I want to look to God. I want to be still and know that he is God. And uh, Pastor, would you just pray that, that I would help get fear out of my life and look to him 
if that's you, I, I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. Anybody like that at all? Say, pray for me, Pastor. Amen. Many hands. Father, I, I pray for these folks who, who today uh, have, have recognized that our focus needs to change. Our eyes need to be on you. Father, you have given us so much hope today. The power of your word. Father, help us to let you be God. And for us to take on the responsibilities that you've put before us. Help us to look to you so we don't be afraid. Father, I pray for each and every one who raised their hands that you'd help them, that your presence would be known, that you would empower them and encourage them. Father, that you'd intervene. We know, Lord, that you won't be late. But in each of these circumstances, in each of these troubles, that you would get the glory. Father, that your children would be strengthened and lifted up. We're so grateful of who you are. We're so grateful that you are our God. Father, we pray that today we would continue to press on for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.